Hey friend, do you agree? Life is made easy only when you get real about the struggle, real about the challenges, real about where you're at, where you're going, and how you want to get there. Do you agree? Life is messy. And also, it's so beautiful. Welcome to the Made Easy Method. Here we have fun. We do real life and find joy in the journey. I'm Tanya Kirkpatrick. I'm here with you through the process. Let's dive in. Hey friends, I am be talking something I'm super passionate about and sharing some of our family's personal stories in regards to this. Don't ever let money be the reason that holds you back from really embracing the calling on your life, your greatness, and know that whether you're in a place financially to give or you're in a place to give of your time, it will replicate and duplicate just such blessings in your life. And so from someone who grew up with, uh, you know, scarcity and money uh, as a young girl to really helping to create that abundance, not only for myself, but also raising the kids and what does that look like for them personally, for their future families and their current ones? I want to encourage you. This is going to be one you're not going to want to miss and one you're going to want to share. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm going to be talking about why money should never hold you back and or your family from doing things that are really important to you. I want to take you back to the downturn of the economy in 2008, 2009. And uh, we were really in a place of struggle. Jeremy had lost his job and uh, he had a non-compete for three months. He was super blue. I was working my fingers to the bone as an eyelash tech. So I literally sat in a chair for hours on end, helping women to feel more confident in the skin they're in and finding a uh, just a need or a want that women really were so ecstatic for in eyelash extensions. In this time, you know, our kids kind of watched us do this massive shift pivot. Uh, I was teaching not only myself, but also other women how to use coupons and being super frugal uh, without really having a, a poor money mindset, more of how do you take a dollar and make it stretch further Also, in this time, uh, my kids were playing in sports. Obviously, that's expensive. One of the non-negotiables that Jeremy and I had talked about as young parents was that we wanted our kids to do church camp. It was really important to me because that's where I really solidified my foundation, my belief system, and who God is in my life. And so we're in this season, and I remember going to Jeremy and saying, you know, church camp is coming up. It's like pretty substantial amount that we're going to have to spend on top of what we're already spending for sports events. And I said, however, the church came up with an awesome opportunity for the kids to go and have people basically say, I'll give you X amount per hour that you work. And then you and I go out in the public with the kids and we go work and clean up backyards. We can paint houses and people literally Um, donate per hour for that for the kids. And it was really a great feeling to be able to go to like friends and family, neighbors uh, with the kids and say, hey, this is our big goal. And uh, they're going to be working. We're going to be working right alongside of them. And Jeremy was so on board. It was really cool to see him rally for the girls because at the time that was who we would go and do this for. And so um, I remember going to Circle K and scraping the change out of the inside of my Sequoia um, 
little ashtray at the time and going to get them drinks from Circle K. And I remember walking into this backyard and what the youth group were sent out to do is basically help widows um, and single women who could not necessarily afford to have someone come clean up their yard, go and spend some hours and help to clean up the yard, um, cut things back. Also, you know, put some stuff in garbage bags. And I remember walking in this backyard and Jeremy's eyes were like this big. And he's like, there are black widows everywhere. You take the girls in the front. I'm going to hang out back here, but I'm, I'm scared to death. Tanya, they're going to get bit by a black widow. And I was now fearful he was going to get bit by a black widow. And so what this taught the kids is work ethic. It also taught the kids that you just because of money doesn't mean that you don't go after something that you know is super valuable, that's going to make an impact in your life. I think oftentimes we have a money mindset that's been set by our parents, uh, an experience or a season that we had in our life. And realizing that there's always something or some way to earn income. So if you're being hit hard right now because of what's going on in the economy, you know, people are like, we're in a recession. No, we're not in a recession. By the time that this plays, maybe that will be smack in the middle. I'm not quite sure. And I want to encourage you that when you think there is no way that you can always find a way. And partnering with, you know, people who have similar goals as you and really being able to borrow the belief of someone else long before you have it as your own to say, you know, I'm going to come alongside of you and I'm going to really help pour into ways that you can look at this. I've had a lot of girlfriends come to me and say, you know, I'm really struggling in this or my husband has this kind of money mindset. My money mindset is this. And typically in a marriage, you're going to have a spender and a saver. And somehow you got to meet in the middle and honor each other in really uh, where your money mindset is. I think that, you know, over the last three years, we went through something called um, a pandemic and our business is predominantly online. And so we did a lot of in-person events and that's like my heart. I just absolutely love spending time with people shoulder to shoulder helping to really dig into what is their money mindset, what are their physical goals, spiritual goals, financial goals, and really building out uh, a forecast for them that they could start to begin to vision for them, like visualize for themselves. I would say one of my skill sets is vision and vision casting. Like what could it be like? And let's talk about all the avenues that you have and really shine a light on what that looks like for you. Now, whether they are a part of what we are a part of in our business um, or not, I love being able to sit and navigate that with people and saying, let's break it down. Like where is your financial thermostat you know, bumping up against and not allowing you to grow past your limiting beliefs. And, uh, and during the pandemic, Jeremy and I had sat down. We had just recently built the home that we are blessed to live in today. And he, I was like, what are your goals? And he said, you know, I, um, I really want to pay off any of the debt that we incurred to, to buy the house. And I said, okay, well, how are we going to, how are we going to make that happen? And he's like, I, I, I really don't know. So, you know what? I always felt like vision boards were so monumental in making things happen because your unconscious mind always needs a target. So we have a big, um, board in our office that you can, it's a white, it's a dry erase board 
So I put up at the time all of our debt. So at the time we had bought a Lincoln Navigator and um, I hadn't had a vehicle debt for, gosh, years, probably close to a decade. So we put that up there. We knew that we were having daughters get married. So whatever we had still left for that, we put up there. Um, Haley's school was up there at the time she was in cosmetology school. Um, We put the rest of the debt um, that was owed for the final payments for Ashley's college. Uh, We put debt up there that we owed for the rest of the yard being done. And it was the first time, and and this is horrible, I think, to admit, um, that we actually, as a couple, had common financial goals. I think a lot of times in marriage, you have your skill set and your spouse has theirs. So in our marriage, I was the spender, advocator, um, bargain shopper, and Jeremy was, you know, the bank statements, the payer of the bills, like all of the things. And I look back now on the weight that must have just worn on him because I just wanted to turn a blind eye. I thought, you know what, we are earning a really great income. That's your like hat or your title that you wear. This is mine. And we would talk and communicate, but never in a season of such clarity as we did during the pandemic. And I find this interesting and also God in all the details. And so it wasn't um, that he was disrespectful because I was a spender. I was disrespectful because he was the saver and the money behind the scenes person. It just was like our yin and yang that we, you know, moved together. And also now as someone who takes care of all of those things for the business and personally, I look at that and there is a weight that comes with that, knowing it all ends and begins with you. I felt like it all ended and began with me as far as being the point person, the people person, um, the the front person in our business, and also in, you know, what we spent for the kids, getting them situated with, you know, what do they need? What do they need for sports? What do they need for clothing? It's expensive raising kiddos. And so this was an uh, eye-opening, you know, after, you know, losing Jeremy, the pandemic is now over. In that year, I can't remember the exact amount, but I want to say it was about $380,000 we paid off uh, in debt. We made a lot of different changes. I remember looking at where were we spending money? Where were the things that were being taken out of the accounts? And even as it is today, I think about like we had a joint credit card. I never had a credit card in my name. So if you're listening today, you're married and you're the spender or the saver, you both should have a credit card in your own individual name. Now, because of the years that we had with American Express, I was obviously, and I own my own business um, and I was the income earner. I had no problem getting a credit card. However, if you are married and your spouse is the breadwinner and you have not worked for years and your spouse dies and you don't have a credit card in your name, you're kind of in some trouble. So I just want to encourage you um, with that little nugget in this conversation as well. So I've been talking and really helping to navigate uh, life after death with several widows. This was a really big thing. So I look back and what would be my takeaway from that for, for you? It is to partner with your spouse 
and to understand that uh, it's normal to have a spender and a saver in a marriage and to honor each other right where you're at, but to not turn a blind eye. It is important for you to know like exactly where you're at. I heard a story Bailey had talked about. I had taken her and her friend to go buy a bagel one morning and she was like, mom, I was so embarrassed because you were pulling out all the change out of your wallet. And I remember this like it was yesterday because Jeremy and I had a change jar. Now, change is not really rapidly available like it was back then. So we had this massive change jar and, and, and like our really hard times, I broke into that and I was counting out down to the penny to buy her and her girlfriend, Jesse Ray, a bagel. And she would later share how just that was just monumentally embarrassing to her. And I thought, you know, in those, in those times of like humility and humble, um, about income and what that did for Bailey's money mindset. And also seeing us go from a a space of really struggling uh, to make ends meet because we had way more month than money to a time now where my girls can look in. I was talking to Ashley because she was um, in the office yesterday. We were kind of looking at the finances for 2022 and the reality of what I've been able to accomplish this year. And the intentionality behind that and really understanding what my financial blueprint looked like and where to go from here and what my goals are. And she said, mom, you've kicked ass. You have kicked ass over the last year. And I just want you to acknowledge what you have done and how wise you have been. Dad would be so proud. And I thank God for having a husband who is a saver and also in the times of struggle he would tell you, I thank God for having a wife who was frugal. Um, and I could make I can make $10 stretch. Can I get a witness? And so if you're in a season right now where you're like in the stretch, I want to encourage you, don't discount finding a way. If that is you really wanting to send your kids to church camp and so you partner with your local church and be able to have, you know, um, the opportunity to go serve the community and have those that really love your kiddos invest in being able to say, hey, I'll pledge this amount for you to work X amount of hours. I encourage you to go do that. Was it humbling? Yes. Uh, did our kids get to go to, ch- to church camp? A hundred percent. Did they grow their faith in Christ? Yes, they did. So get really clear with your spouse about what are your non-negotiables, no matter what your financial blueprint is in. And then I also want to encourage you, if you're not the person who cares about the money or cares for the money in your house, that you have the conversations often. And you're going to hear this intertwined throughout all of the different podcasts because it is important. So many widows are left with like not knowing, the not knowing. uh, I wish we would have had to have even more uh, conversations. We got a bill this week in on our joint American express. And, um, I had Ashley call and say, Hey, this was, you know, Jeremy Kirkpatrick's he's passed. And then to ask for the refund, cause I'm not using it. And I could have just been like, Oh, it's fine. Just pay it. But the reality of it is it's a charge that I'm not going to utilize. And it was okay to ask for a refund for that. Also given the situation. And so, be an advocate for joining forces with your spouse about 
what keeps them awake at night? And I can't, again, help but think there were times that I probably was super stubborn and my husband wore so much of the weight with that and that partnering doesn't mean that you're going to be um, living outside of your God-given talent or your calling in whatever it is in your relationship, being the spender or the saver. It just means that you're honoring one another to really come together. Now, there was a season, too, where, you know, we could go drop money on one of the kids' bats or a bat bag or paying to go travel when we weren't even traveling as a family for um, vacations and things that I literally would have, like, the underwire sticking out of my bra, and I'm, like, self-sewing it back in there because I could totally get some more washes out of it, washes and wears, that you also make yourself a priority and you communicate that effectively to your spouse. Because I remember going shopping and having to hide the shopping bags because I knew it would just be like this massive argument. Now, I didn't go to like a top brand name store. I would shop at Ross with the kids um, or TJ Maxx or something that was like way more of a frugal purchase. However, if I could go back and tell that younger mom, Tanya, it would be so much more satisfying to link arms and really have a full picture of our financial blueprint and to have also set some catch-alls for us and having a, a family trust and having wills that were done ahead of time. You know, I look out and so many people think, oh, t- you know, I'll never have to go through that or maybe when I'm older, there are more and more people who are passing away younger. I am tagged continually on Instagram of Tanya, would you mind reaching out to this spouse? Um, This week I reached out to another woman who lost her husband and they're young and they've got young, young kids and she's writing all the same things that I did. And so I want to encourage you that if you're telling yourself that'll never happen to me, I'm super young, uh, that you think, again, and make more of a plan. I talked to another girlfriend of mine and she's like, I lay away and awake in bed and think, God forbid something happened to my husband. I'm like, that is the Holy Spirit knocking on your heart saying, I need to have a plan. Imagine doing the hard thing, having a plan, and maybe you never need to use it, but maybe you do. When I think about money, I think about the struggle and strife of my childhood of my parents never really having that common ground or those devoted conversations to these are our absolute like intentional goals for this year. And as we embark onto a new year to 2023, I want to encourage you to set some time aside with your person. And maybe that's going away for a weekend. Maybe it's going away for one night at a hotel so you're not Having the kids walk in, you could have some, you know, maybe uncomfortable conversations and some sexy time later. I'm just keeping it real that you would set some time for you guys each to bring intentionality to that meeting of goals that you both have and then what you would have for your family. Looking back and having the opportunity, I remember my grandmother saying, I wish I knew at 20 what I knew at 80. And I always found that so perplexing. Like, did you wish that you would have had a lifetime uh, so young? And yet there was such wisdom in what she shared. And so if you're busy being busy and you're not taking the intentionality or you so are escaping 
the reality of where you are financially, I just want to empower you and encourage you today in this podcast to start opening up your checking account. Start looking at your credit cards and where you're spending the money. When you get the credit card statements in, whether it's you know digitally or in the mail, do you go through and really talk about, hey, we did we kicked butt like in this department or I'm so proud of us. We ate at home more. You know, that's healthier. It's meeting our needs. And yet our date nights are non-negotiable. And we did really good in that area. But you know what? In this area, we need to we need to like tighten it up a little bit. I also want to talk to you about the art of giving and why it's so important, whether it's you tithing at church whether it's you giving to causes that are really near and dear to your heart. I recently had a close friend of ours on the podcast, and she talks a lot about taking care of children who are not able to be cared for, maybe not in our system, uh, that you find something as a family to give back to. It's important, and it actually is a huge part of abundant mindset when it comes to money. Um, her husband recently messaged me this week and said, Hey, we'd love to have you come out on a tour of the facility. And I really feel God calling me to go out and take a tour of the facility. So find what you and your spouse and invite your kids in and enlist them into, you know, as the Kirkpatrick family, where are we going to give back this year, this next coming year? Where are, um, opportunities that each one of us are passionate about Will that be our time? Because again, don't let money be your excuse. Um, go serve. Go help feed the hungry. Um, go do feed my starving children and totally make bags. You think that that doesn't have anything to do with your money mindset, but it so does. And it's humbling to remember always that there are always people that have it, number one, way harder than we have it. And here in America, y'all, we like have so much. We are so blessed and in a season where maybe you are maybe you're not having a hard time financially maybe you're really super blessed how could you turn around and make an impact i know this is going to sound crazy but for me it was as simple as oftentimes going through the starbucks drive through and buying the coffee of the person behind me i'll never really have known before i lost jeremy what this felt like except for I one day had someone when I was in a line, the woman behind me was messaging me on Instagram and uh, she was saying, I want to buy your coffee. Please don't pay for it. I told them that I'm buying your coffee and I would get up to the window and they would tell me that the person in front of me bought my coffee and I had never had that experience. And yeah, I probably have bought hundreds of people coffee in the Starbucks line. I don't say that to be like, oh, look, I bought so many people coffee. Please hear me when I say I'm not running the blessing. I never knew what it felt like to have my coffee purchased. And in that season, I had a girlfriend in the car with me. I pulled over and saw like I get so choked up about it, thinking about it and sobbed because they would have no idea the day that I had the struggle I was in or the grief that I was feeling like I was swallowed by and going to be able to get a coffee in a Starbucks drive through felt normal for me. So whatever it looks like, whatever God would call on your life, when you give back, you have a different understanding about abundance and money mindset. 
For you, it might be working in the you know children's ministry at your church so that you could give parents the opportunity to go in and enjoy time sitting next to their spouse and holding their hand and growing their spiritual relationship with Christ. Um, also pouring in and being like Jesus' hands and feet to that young person and having them get to experience like a social environment. It might be helping a, you know, a high local high school out and helping run a car wash. Even though you're not financially giving to the car wash, you're giving of your time. Don't let money be a reason that holds you back. It is so cool to see people give their time, uh, their talents, and what you value is clearly shown in where you spend your time and where you spend your money. I would love to hear from you. What are some of your family's goals for 2023? How are you going to give back between your time and your money? And then what are your financial goals? If you've got a big one or even a small one, I'd love for you to message me, message me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you because I think it's important for us as we continue to grow and evolve as a community whether it's a local community or maybe you're in another country, um, we start talking more about money and uh, our financial blueprints and our money mindset. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I wish you all of the happiness and abundance in 2023. When we find something good in life, wouldn't you agree it's our responsibility to share with others so that they too can feel empowered? This podcast was created for you, specifically you, to be empowered with tools, conviction, belief, and encouragement. Imagine looking in the mirror and loving who you are as you uplevel your physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and financial reality. Please take some time to share this with family and friends and post this episode to your social media. Also, please take some time to write a review and let me know what you loved. Here is why I'm so passionate about this project, Blessing Others. You see, I've been there, believe me. I'm a proud mama of three phenomenal daughters and one extraordinary son. I'm an over-the-moon Gigi of a beautiful, growing family. I've experienced teen pregnancy, abuse, divorce, single mom, financial struggles, and great loss when I recently lost the love of my life, making me a widow. Without a college education, I've built thriving businesses that have made me a millionaire. And more importantly, I've been so blessed to make an impact in people's lives and the trajectory. I've been a keynote speaker around the world and recently started a growing women's ministry. This past year, I found a deeper connection with my creator and I found love again. The reality is we are all way more alike than we think we are. See you on the next episode.